Hello, David. Hello, Kevin. How are you? Fantastic. Wonderful. Good to and uh, welcome everybody to this, uh, our third and final podcast in the Radical Engagement webinar and podcast series. Uh, I think both of us today are going to bring some research from our uh, various uh, perspectives on that whole concept of radical engagement um, and just talk about uh, one or two ideas uh, that we are very passionate about and um, and maybe you know try and do a sort of overall summary of uh, what this as what this has been about and how you uh, the listener may take this forward um, so Kevin what do you, what do you have for, for us today what's on your mind yes uh, really in the you know the element of talking about engagement and disengagement and culture to kind of maybe bring it a little bit together. Um, some work that was done by Dr. Kevin Fleming, who is, uh, they call him the cowboy shrink. He's, uh, he did a lot of his early work out in Wyoming. And this really kind of goes back to the, the, the leadership approach and engaging individuals and buy-in really. And really the, the crux of this or the key to this is that people's brains are wired to feel right not necessarily be right. And that's where we need to start as leaders. And I think this plays into the storytelling that, that you've been highlighting in each of the podcasts as well. Yeah. So our, our brain is wired to want to prove that our behaviors and feelings are justified and have reason. So we all want to prove we're right. Yeah. And so too often leaders will come in and they'll state uh, who they are, meaning the leader. And if people don't share those beliefs, those employees quickly figure out and, and really kind of go into what Kevin, Dr. Kevin talks as a cost benefit ratio dance, which <laughs> means they, they minimize that disconnect or that dissonance by showing up and doing the minimal amount, minimal amount necessary to seem like a team player, which kind of falls in. If you go back to the chart I've been showing on engagement and disengagement, that's clearly in the opportunity to improve and the, and probably a portion of the key contributors, which is over 50% of the organization. Yes. So what they're finding is, is uh, you know, if you immediately try to align a new person's beliefs with those of a culture, the brain can switch into a self-protective mode, which means this self-protective dance uh, might superficially accept your leadership, but it's going to reject it whenever it suits their purpose. Yeah. And the wording you'll hear is, I never really bought into this, which you'll hear relative to leadership. You'll hear it relative to projects, to uh, objectives, and, and all those types of things. And that's really true. Uh, in fact, 99% of the pain that, that we work with in consultants kind of fall into this. So to maybe, maybe wrap this concept up, uh, Dr. Fleming says, it's really critical, and here's the takeaway, that the best leaders regularly ask themselves two questions on an ongoing basis. The first question is, what do I have to do right now to help my people do their best? Hmm. And question number two is, what should I not do right now to help my people do their best? And I think you may hear elements of one or the other but connecting those together is what do I do and what do I not do is really, I think, the, the key to connecting with the psychology of, of creating um, a workplace and creating a culture and, and really becoming a leader as opposed to someone who stands at the front of the room and barks orders. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. maybe the, the numbers that rationalize this is that 
um, two professors at Harvard did a study, and this is probably 20, 25 years old, and they found, they looked at uh, 200 companies over 11 years, the revenue growth comparison between companies that displayed or were measured as a weak culture, they grew about 166%, which is not bad over 11 <laughs> years. That's about a 15% average. Yeah. Those that measured a positive culture grew 682%, so over three times better in an average of 62% a year. Yeah. That's the extraordinary difference that you get when you create uh, an organizational culture that supports engagement and dialogue and uses the techniques that you've been talking about in terms of bringing people into the conversation. Yeah, and and as, as well, you know, the... the, the you know, part of my brain is reacting to that, like, say, well, so why isn't every organization trying to be a positive culture? And, and then my brain answers that by saying um, there's, a, there's often a problem um, in the leadership and organizations is that everything you've just been talking about, Kevin, re re requires authenticity, requires <laughs> genuineness. You know, the if I take that question that the professor, professor asked and, and say, you know, what is it that I can do to help my people be at their best or even translate it into my home life? What can I do to help my son Alex be at his best today, do their best today? Um, you know, there's a, there's a fake way of saying that and thinking yeah. that as a, as a sort of um, a mask for what's best that I get out of this. Uh, and then there's the genuine way and it's the, I think that's the, the reason not everybody does this is because the positive cultures are genuinely um, engaged in this sort of conversation. Yeah, exactly. And, and the story I'll tell is, is um, I have a relative who works for a service company that supports uh, uh, Medicare and Medicaid up in uh, Illinois. And yeah. he, he posted the other day that he's in a group of customer service people who try to help uh, patients and, and, um, people who have the insurance to get problems resolved. And he said at the end of the shift yesterday, everybody in his department was brought into a room and told that they suck. They're stupid. They're doing a terrible job and it's going to get better or everybody's going to get written up. And we're now going to meet once a week to yell at you and tell you what you're doing wrong <laughs> until things get better or we replace you all. And this was the, <laughs> this was the motivational story that <laughs> yeah. was, and as my brother, uh, as my brother observed, uh, you know, the beatings will continue until morale improves was the approach. <laughs> That's right. But I hear more of those stories than I hear about, you know, let's, let's talk about what the issues are and engage you in the problem solving as opposed to you stink. Yes. And I'm going to keep making you feel bad about everything. I'm not going to tell you how you stink so you can get better. I'm just yeah. going to keep beating you until you figure out what, uh, what you need to change. And, and yeah. that's, that's the rule, not the exception. No, that's right. Yeah. And, and, and to be fair, you know, from, you know, I, I, over the years, I've had lots of experience who, for, of people who, you know, have an internal story about themselves in the organization, which is closer to, you know, sort of victimhood, you know, being at the effect of something, you know, not being at the cause of something. And like, you know, that, that, if that becomes a story in their brain, then just as you've said, you know, we will look for a reason to believe that. We'll look for the evidence and the data to support that. Uh, and so people can also, you know, groups of people can also talk themselves down the spiral in cultures um, in exactly, using exactly the same 
process of supporting their own story. And what that requires then is for leadership to be able to consciously and deliberately, you know, create with people a bigger story. Uh, and that isn't about somebody going, a leader going on a storytelling course and, you know, making one up and then trying to do it well for the audience. It's de- deliberately creating a bigger story with your audience, with the people. Um, and, and, you know, through that process, people talking themselves into the possibility of that story coming true in the future. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're off. We're off to the races there. Right. And, and if you kind of go back to the human synergistics model that I presented, this is clearly leaders taking an aggressive defensive approach with their staff that will yeah. create a passive defensive result in yes. all those staff, because the vast majority of them are going to check out and say, I could find a job like this just about any place. And in yes. fact, he said people leave on a regular basis. So, you know, they're constantly uh, backfilling. So that that's what you get. Yeah. You're going to be aggressive. You're going to get people checking out. They don't, they don't care about anteing into the game because you're not making it safe to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, it, it, you know, it's getting me to reflect that, you know, there's, there's the whole sort of narrative thing. There's, there's the, the there's, there's the, where the narrative is headed. And I, and I, I think in the, in the first or second webinar, I talked about the client who'd said that she felt her organization was like the Titanic, you know, destined, yeah. <laughs> destined for a, a watery end. Yeah. Uh, so looking for, looking for the iceberg to crash into. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's going to happen one day, you know? Um, uh, so this sense of where are we going, positive or negative, you know, uh, or, or neutral, uh, but there's also, who am I in the story? You know, there is a sense of, you know, am I a, am I a hero on my own journey here? And, and that's that's the that's the thing I think that often people miss about this this narrative approach because it's been taken over by, you know, storytelling training, which basically tells leaders how to be more effective at the front of the room. It forgets that the whole point of the story we're telling together is that we need to be able to see ourselves in it and thriving in it. Um, and so, you know, can I? Um, can I see myself engaging in this future and, and not just surviving there, but thriving there? You know, am I capable of that? You know? Exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, a, a lot of this got reinforced with your work with Sharice McCrory, who we've mentioned in, in uh, these webinars and podcasts and, you know, as your co- co-author on the book that um, y'all are going to distribute. Yep. And, and as in, in my role as general manager, running a 24 seven operation with over 500 people, to take my quarterly update from a regurgitation of data to telling a story. And it it took her a while to get me to react and, and adapt. And so instead of doing a regurgitation of data, the flow of my updates that I did for everybody was how are we doing? Yep. And what's going well, who's unhappy and why, (laughs) Nice. Um, who's coming to visit us. And about what? Yeah. And what can we do about all this to engage and, and enlist them in the process? And then what's next? So that yeah. they can come away with a story of, and, and I used to say this on a regular basis, if, if our people don't know whether we're winning or losing or whether somebody cared whether they showed up today, we've completely lost the engagement war. So yeah. they can at least come away from this to say, okay, we're winning. We're, we're winning by a lot of runs or we're, we're maybe losing, but Here's what, what, what I can do as an individual to help, um, you know, maybe score a couple of runs or at least hit a couple of singles and doubles to get to get on base. Yes. And that way, if 
something really bad happened or something really good happened, they'd say, yeah, I, I knew this was coming yeah. instead of being completely surprised. And, yes. um, and to, people would come up to me after these presentations and offer ideas where, you know, when I was just regurgitating data, it was, you know, there was no, there was no dialogue. It was, uh, I, I presented one direction and it took me a while to figure out how that worked. But, um, uh, you and, and Sharice helped me work through that methodology, and it really has a profound impact. Well, thank you. Yeah, and, and it's you know that there's another example of you know it, it's not like uh, people need to guess a culture; they have a culture. <laughs> so work, work out what it is. You know, work out what the nature of this thing is, and look at it really closely with the sort of tools that you have, Kevin. And then you know we need to then talk ourselves into believing and use culture is possible and act ourselves into that you know and it's so it's, it's again it's not like we're putting storytelling into an organization it's already got stories you know and and that example of you shifting the way you communicated in those meetings you know took me took me back to my and i think I'm, i actually mentioned this in one of the other podcasts as well my very first coaching engage, uh, consulting engagement back in 1992 with cathodian in cambridge in the uk bless them and i still think that over a you know pretty much a year of engagement and working at all levels in that organization and thankfully having all sorts of success i still think the the most powerful thing that we implemented there and it came from them as much as me was that they wouldn't start a meeting without going around the room and everybody in the room uh, was asked to share something good or positive that had happened during that week and it you know at first people reacted to that because they thought that we were just forcing them to be happy but then they realized that something else was going on that they were when they told their thing and they listened to the next person and listened to the next person it shifted their story of themselves being in this problem infused problem saturated always got another thing on a, a to face up to from that story to hey we do a lot of good stuff here exactly <laughs> hey we well you guys you guys taught me that done. technique too i, I used to yeah. do that in every one of my director manager supervisor i had you know 60 70 members and i didn't have everybody do one but i said we're going to get 10 and we're yeah, not going to we're not going to go forward until i hear 10 10 positive results you know yes. from the past 4 weeks and you're right it takes a while for people to shift from I'm going to be a recipient of information to be, I'm, I'm a participant and I'm going to think about, yep. you know, the last month and, and what really went well. And, and the, the quality of the, the positives got better every time we did it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that Cathodian noticed as well is that that five minutes they spent at the beginning of the hour long meeting, for example, would put people into a state of then being able to face up to, 55 minutes of problem solving yeah they were were in a more optimistic creative you know maybe right brain mode because of that sharing you know and uh, so it was then yeah let's let's talk about these problems great as opposed to oh my god (laughs) you know yeah uh, another hour of problems the beatings will continue until morale (laughs) exactly right yeah so good so, Kevin, let's um, let's reiterate for listeners the our, our call to action for them. We we have an offer to uh, anybody who's been listening and watching the webinars with us, um, uh, an offer to engage with us. You know, if there's uh, some things that we've been talking about, Kevin and I have been talking about over the last 
few weeks that have resonated with you and the situation you're in in your organization, uh, we would love to offer you, offer you the opportunity to book a, a 45 minute to an hour conversation about what's going on for you. Uh, absolutely without obligation or pressure because um, we are fascinated to listen to people and, and, and uh, ask, you know, help them apply what our ideas and thoughts and experiences to their particular situation. And then if that went somewhere, that would be fine too. But uh, the idea is that if you, if, you, if you would value 45 minutes to an hour with Kevin and I talking about your particular situations and what you might do to change them, uh, we'd love to offer you that. And if you go back to the closing slides and any of the webinars, uh, you'll see our email addresses there. And uh, so please do get in touch. Yeah, we'd love to. We'd love to connect. And uh, as you can tell from both of us, we're passionate about we about what we do, and we'd be happy to uh, steer you in a direction. Um, again, without an obligation, but um, you know, would love to hear your story and uh, what's working and what's not working, and uh, you know, determine if there's anything that we can share with you that might uh, help you in your journey, and uh, you know, continue towards uh, towards improved engagement and and getting more from the existing resources that you have in your organizations yeah and and you know that, that that's great kevin and that takes us back actually takes me back to the you know some of the initial conversations that kevin and Therese and i had about uh, why we were doing this webinar and it was about you know that the the whole thing about making the organization more effective and successful and driving results or whatever um uh, and the whole idea of being a leader who can create a legacy and uh, make something important happen and really contribute. Those two things do not have to be a binary choice. You know, it's a both and world. And, uh, and, and indeed, the, those two worlds are, are uh, intimately connected in, uh, in the human being. So, anything else, Kevin? Or are we no, sir. I just say amen to that. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. So, thank you, everybody, for listening. All the best. Thank you. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.